plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to another edition, the Tuesday, September the 26th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, with you here as always here to bring you your daily dose of Dolphins football. On today's show, we take a deeper dive into the Dolphins' loss in New York from a statistical standpoint. Also, Adam Gaze took to the podium and talked lineup changes coming. Where could those positional changes come from, and will it be this Sunday against the New Orleans Saints? But first, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Drop us a five-star rating, write us a nice review. Subscriptions, ratings, reviews are how podcasts are judged. The more we get, the higher up we go on the iTunes chart, the more it exposes us to more Dolphins fans, and it helps the show grow with more support and keep on going. So don't forget to do that. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out my website, thirdand10.com. The week three quarterback grades and film study will be coming up here very shortly. And let's just go ahead and get right into the stats here today, guys. I wanted to look at some of the NFL next gen stats, but I'm having a hard time finding anything of value. Looks like they're only really have right now is fastest uh, players in terms of who ran the fastest and, and quickest closing time. But there are plenty of other sites like Pro Football Focus out there that you can always rely on. And uh, we'll get to that read here in a minute about how you can win a free PFF Edge subscription if you go ahead and write us a review. We'll get to that here in a minute. But the first stat I wanted to point out was actually a positive stat, believe it or not. And while the Dolphins only ran the ball for 30 yards themselves on 15 carries, just two yards a carry, not going to win a whole lot of games doing that. But on the defensive side of the ball, we talked about it on yesterday's show, they only allowed 103 yards on 34 carries, which is a 3.02 yards per carry average, which that typically spells pretty good result for the defense and if you look at the fact that they only allowed 20 points on defense I know there was a touchdown called back on a hold there was a missed field goal but if you take into account the actual points they scored and the fact that one of them was a big pass to Robbie Anderson I mean the Dolphins were only down three nothing before that play to Robbie Anderson I think if they go into the locker room down three nothing they probably come out of that game with a different result or maybe I'm not sure I mean, they play played pretty bad so maybe not but I think that that touchdown by Anderson really set the tone for the rest of the game. But just 103 rushing yards for the Jets on 34 carries. Pretty solid numbers there for the Dolphins' defense. And while we're at it, might as well continue the positive trend. The Dolphins actually held the Jets' offense to 4 out of 13 on third downs. So another positive number there. However, that did not translate into the time of possession. The Jets had the ball for 36 minutes and 8 seconds compared to the Dolphins' 23 minutes and 52 seconds. And the reason for that is the Dolphins were 1 of 12 on third down. Definitely not going to get it done when you're converting third downs at that low of a rate. 
One of the stats I'm a little bit disappointed with as an individual stat, and you know, I, I probably shouldn't be because Andre Branch deserves his credit too, I suppose. But Cam Wake had one sack on the day. Really, the second sack they had, the Dolphins had two sacks in the day. The second sack was a Cam Wake. He caused it. He forced McCown off of his spot right into another. He walked him into a sack. So Cam Wake gets one sack. The first game of the Adam Gaze era where Cam Wake picks up a sack and the Dolphins do not win. Last year, they were 10-0 and in games in which our star pass rusher records a sack. Not going to be the case this year as he has one game with a sack and the Dolphins lost that game to the Jets. Going into the Dolphins drive chart here, it is not pretty. The first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven possessions were punts and then an interception by the punter and then two plays or two drives on downs, a turnover on downs, and then another interception by Jay Cutler, a horrendous looking interception. And then they finally score a touchdown at the end of the game. And Adam Gaze even talked about how they weren't really concerned with trying to conserve clock or come back at that point. They just wanted to execute the plays. And Adam Gaze even mentioned how upset he was with the fact that Jay Cutler, towards the end of the game, and if you look at their ninth series, they had an 11 play drive that took them three minutes and nine seconds. I, I really can't understand why he was, he was, playing with the lack of urgency that he was because he got to the he would get to the line of scrimmage with, you know, 15 seconds left on the play clock and he would go and make a check here, check there, point out Jets defenders, and by the time they snapped the ball, there was two seconds on the play clock. It's just really kind of a pathetic sense of urgency from Jay Cutler where he's just like, eh, down 20 to nothing, who gives a crap at this point, game's over. Well, it's not because they had four more possessions in the game, three touchdowns wins you the game, and the way you played in that game, you should think that if you have a chance to still win the game, you're still going to try to do that. So I think that Jay Cutler checked out after the Jets went up with that touchdown to start the second half and then the field goal consequently after that. But the last four possessions that go over on downs, over on downs, interception, then touchdown, those three possessions before that, if they had just done their job, especially on a first down throw in the red zone that he missed to Jarvis Landry. And if you look at the tape, Jarvis Landry is not at all happy. He's kind of waving off Jay Cutler as if to say, get this guy out of here almost after that horrible miss on the first down play. And then he winds up missing another fourth down conversion there. So the Dolphins turn it over on downs. Our longest drive of the day was that same drive for 11 plays. Took him three minutes, as I said. Chewed up 54 yards. But before that, three plays, three plays, six plays, three plays, three plays, five plays, three plays, four plays. And that fourth play was an interception. So one, two, three, four, five, six, three and outs out of eight drive or out of out of nine drives. Really quite pathetic for the offense. Nothing going all day. Adam Gaze had mentioned at his press conference that. He is sick of watching this garbage for the last two years. We'll get to that here in a second, but this game certainly the worst offensive performance the Dolphins have had in some time. He even mentioned probably worse than the Tennessee game back to last year. I referenced the Cincinnati game in which the Dolphins' offense could not get anything going. So really an ugly day for the Dolphins' offense. But the defense actually held serve for the most part. The first drive was a three and out. The Dolph- or the Jets lost six yards. The second drive was a 10-play, 64-yard drive. They missed the field goal horrifically. Next play was a four-play drive for, or next series was a four-play drive. They punted, ended up with two more three and outs in the first half, and then had two more three and outs in the second half, one with a fumble also. So the, the Jets offense really only had a few series where they got things going, and that was really the dagger for the game because of how bad the Dolphins offense was. So not going to put a lot of, of blame on the Dolphins defense for this game. It really was the offense's fault for the most part, except for the one big play to Robbie Anderson. We mentioned that already, but Dolphins offense responsible for this loss with their just really pathetic performance on offense. Moving on to the individual stats for the day, Jay Cutler, I mentioned how bad he was. I think the stats don't really do how poor his game was. They don't do it justice. He was 26 with 44 for 220 yards. 
That is a measly five yards per pass attempt, and that's like I said, that was inflated by that last drive. He gets a touchdown pass. The passer rating on the day is 70.3, solid 22 points below league average. Last year was right around 92, so really a a bad day by him. Josh McCown posts a 126.3 passer rating. They really kind of hit him in the second half, didn't really have to do a whole lot, so... Dolphins passing game did not get going. Rushing Jay Ajayi, 11 carries for 16 yards. Just had one eight-yard carry for as long. That's not going to get it done. And we'll get more into the cause behind that on tomorrow's show, the film study show, as we kind of discuss what happened with the offensive line, where those weaknesses came from. I'm going to get into that film here real shortly here today. I haven't done it yet, but I will today. And then the show will be tomorrow morning, so keep an eye out for that show. Wednesday show, the film review show. Moving on to the receivers. I thought this was the worst game this trio has played together as as a whole. Devontae Parker, I thought, was the best one. He had one drop that was kind of a tough play to make, but he didn't really... He had a chance to secure the catch, but he dropped it and was a third down play. So that was his worst play. But on the day, he had 10 targets. He caught eight of them. 80% catch rate is good. 76 yards, 7.6 yards per route run is a pretty good number. And then the touchdown will close out the game there at the end, which was irrelevant. But... Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills both had horrific games. I thought Jarvis Landry's probably a worse game since he really became a full-time player with the Dolphins. 11 targets, 48 reception, or 48 yards on six catches. So he caught just over half the balls thrown to him. The 11 catches for 48 yards, I'll do the math here, is good for 4.36 yards per route run. That is not going to get it done at any level. And then Kenny Stills had 10 targets, only caught four for 40%, 51 yards, 5.1 yards per route run. You want to be up around over seven yards in that stat there. So the fact that two of the receivers are below, you know, at five or below is really a credit to how bad they were on the day. And I'll I'll look at the film again, like I said today, and get you guys the show tomorrow and talk about the receivers because it's kind of hard to tell what's going on with the route, you know, concepts and the the route combinations down the field without having the film available to you. So I'll check that out and get you guys some more notes on that tomorrow. But from a number standpoint and just an initial view standpoint, The Dolphins receivers, by and large, were really awful in this game. All right, before we get into the snap counts and the Adam Gaze press conference and the changes coming to the lineup, I want to talk to you guys first about Pro Football Focus. We talked about at the top of the show how you can win yourself a free PFF Edge subscription. That is a $40 value. What PFF gives you is NFL player grades, snap counts, positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and college stats, Pro Football Focus Fantasy, DFS, and NFL Draft Choices, team and player pages featuring PFF stats. It's a really cool site, guys. I have the the Edge subscription myself. I go to it all the time. Check out those advanced stats for yourself. It's a great product. If you watch the games on Sunday night, the NBC broadcast, they will show you positional ranks. That is from PFF itself, the Pro Football Focus site itself, right on the screen there. So they are a legitimate, reputable site. Don't forget to check out Jeff Ratcliffe, the director of fantasy for Pro Football Focus. He will join the Lockdown Fantasy podcast every Thursday for 10 minutes. And Mike Renner will join the Lockdown NBA podcast every Wednesday. So check that out. And the way you can win yourself a free PFF Edge subscription is go ahead and write us a review. Leave your Twitter handle in the review. And we will choose one random winner every week across the Lockdown Sports family of podcasts. So write a review. Leave your Twitter handle in there for a chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription. You listen to the Locked On Dolphins podcast with Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. List. All right, and I wanted to get into snap counts again here today because I think that's uh, always an important thing to look at. But I kind of wanted to marry it with Adam Gaze's comments about the Dolphins making some lineup changes. And I think that's going to come on offense mostly is what he referenced to. And obviously the Dolphins are one of the least rotational offenses in the entire NFL. We talked about last week how Ajayi was out there for 95% of the snaps. Julius Thomas, the same. Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker barely coming out of the game at all. The Dolphins ran 63 plays on Sunday. The offensive line didn't change except for at left guard. Again, they ran a platoon there as well. So Juwan James, Larry Tunzel, Jermon Bushrod, and Mike Pouncey all go for 63 snaps. Whereas Anthony Steen gets 39 reps at left guard, and Jesse Davis goes for 24 snaps. 38% of those snaps for Jesse Davis and Anthony Steen's 62%. So another 2-1 split again there at left guard, and I think that was probably a position of weakness. I think that's going to be the first place you can look for a change on the offense. I don't know if it's going to be one guy full-time or if it's going to be Isaac Asiata getting bumped up off the practice squad or if it's Isaac Asiata coming off the practice squad to play right guard. I wouldn't agree with that. I think Jermon Bushrod's a solid veteran that he's going to have a few plays where he lets you down, but he's also going to have some really nice plays. I tweeted out one play last week where he in the game one where he had a great combo block that set Jay Ajayi out for a big run. So I think that if you're going to see an offensive line change, it'll come from the left guard position, even though I think the worst player on the offensive line so far has been the left tackle, Laramie Tunzel, but I think he'll get that fixed. You're obviously not going to bench him because he you know, has the potential to be an all-time great there at left tackle. So probably not going to be in changes there. Kenny Still saw 62 reps at receiver, so he played 98%. Jarvis Landry played 60, so he came out for a couple of plays, just three plays in the game. And Devontae Parker, 58 of the plays, so... Those guys were out there for most of the game once again. Jakeem Grant had three snaps. Leonte Carew had one. So Jakeem Grant gets a catch on one of those three snaps. So good for him to see his first NFL reception. I think those changes could come in a variety of ways with formations. I think the tight end is probably where you're going to see the biggest change. Now, Julius Thomas, I mentioned last week, played almost every snap. He only saw 37 snaps this week. Anthony Fasano got on the field for 29. And then Marquise Gray had just two. I think you're looking at more two tight end snap, two tight end sets. And if if you've been with the show this entire time, you know that I'm not a Julius Thomas fan. You know that I think that he's past his prime or that he never really was much of a prime except for that couple of years with Denver there. He was a a waste in Jacksonville. He moves slow. He's just kind of long and lanky and doesn't do a whole lot. Got his butt kicked by Jamal Adams on some run plays. So I think you're going to see Julius Thomas get even a further demotion in this game. I think you're going to see more Anthony Fasano, more Marquise Gray, more two tight end sets, which means less of the three receivers that we have all come to know and love and probably get back to more of a ground and pound type of style of offense with that misdirection play action, you know, where they flood off a guy from the line of scrimmage that runs alongside Jay Cutler on the bootleg and then a backside tight end coming over the top with those two layers he can read or he can run the ball from that point. I think that was kind of what got Ryan Tannehill going. That's what got Jay Ajayi going, got the running game going last year, and got the team winning six in a row. So I think you're going to see some of those changes. Like I mentioned before, Adam Gaze said that he was he's tired of this garbage for the last two years that he's seen on offense. And I, I don't really know what to make of that because this is his offense that he's in charge of, and there have been some there have been some games and some some performances where it was a you know it all kind of clicked and looked good. 
And of course, they always make a few mistakes here and there that prevent them from scoring the most points possible. The red zone offense has not been very good at all throughout the Adam Gaze era, which is something that they should be concerned with. But I think that if you make some changes to the offense, that tight end spot, the left guard spot, and then just the fact that you're still working in a new quarterback. And I know that he has familiarity in the scheme, but this is his first two games with this team. He's not as good as a player as Ryan Tannehill is. And it's gonna, you're going to take some time to get some of that familiarity going. And just got to accept the fact that you're not going to have as good a quarterback play as you had last year. Ryan Tannehill had a really good year last year. Jay Cutler, so far, one good game, one horrifically bad game. And I'll talk more about that tomorrow on Wednesday's show. But, you know, this team last year was number two in the NFL in explosive plays. That is 15-plus yard runs, or excuse me, 10-plus yard runs and 20-plus yard passes. So right now they are dead last with just nine of those plays through two games. And that mostly comes off of the Jets game. They were actually pretty good in the Chargers game at generating big plays with Jay Jai runs, the Kenny Stills touchdown, the Devontae Parker catch. I think Jarvis Landry had a couple of big catches. So without explosive plays and then with the negative running plays, this offense will not do a whole lot, especially when the quarterback is missing as many throws as he did. So expect some changes on Sunday. I really don't know what to expect for the game on Sunday. We'll get to that on Thursday's preview show. Tomorrow is the film review show. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating review, check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams, follow me on Twitter at WingfulNFL, check out 3rd10.com for the Week 3 quarterback grades coming up soon, check out ProFootballFocus.com and leave us a rating and review for your chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Dolphins football. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. By singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.